I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources. You know, the conversation I had earlier today with Representative John Curtis uh, has just stuck in my head and my heart as he talked about some of the deep scars that many of his Democratic colleagues have from the January 6th event of last year. And I just keep thinking about that, of how deep that is and how we get past that. And the word that keeps coming to mind that we really need in the country is grace. So as we enter many of the things that will take place tomorrow on the anniversary of January 6th, including the president and vice president speaking, uh, there will be moments on uh, the Capitol steps. Uh, I'm almost certain you will hear a rendition of America the Beautiful at some point during the day tomorrow. And I think we would all do really well as we think about all the politics and all of the problems and all of the tragedies of January 6th, we should remember uh, God shed his grace on thee. I don't know that there is a more poignant or more powerful or more important principle for us to focus on. We are a nation in need of grace. Uh, The people of this country need to receive it. We need to show it to each other. We need to share it. Uh, a friend of mine not too long ago reminded me that that grace has a lot of meanings. Uh, we often think of grace as, you know, elegance and poise and courtesy and civility. Uh, this kind of grace uh, has little to do with wealth or prominence or elite education. Uh, I've seen elegance in a lot of different ways. I've seen real elegance and grace in the way a teacher bends down to help a struggling student or how a middle-aged child cares for an aging parent. I've watched poise in the restraint of those who, in the heat of an argument, give grace by giving a soft reply. I've observed courtesy and grace extended by brilliant women and men who listen so intently that they elevate the talker or teacher, even when they already know what will be said. So this kind of grace is is a little harder to see and sense in the middle of all of the raging and angry voices, the physical and verbal assaults. Uh, all the content that just crushes communities and really, I think, grieves the soul of the nation. That's where I think the soul of the nation is most hurt. Because lacking grace, we see an increase in actions openly hostile and deceptively subtle, by the way. Uh, Those audaciously brazen enough to violate sacred spaces like our nation's capital, uh, or whether that's a house of worship or a home, or those who invade our digital screens, Uh, do not exhibit any form of grace. Uh, Grace is important because it creates space for healing and for unity. And that kind of grace will not come easy. It is going to be one, one day, one interaction, one moment at a time. And it's not going to come from partisan bickering or pointing fingers and placing blame or what some talking head on a cable news network spews out there because none of that creates a space for grace. Shouting matches on cable news, road rage, 
incessant mocking and demonizing of those we disagree with, that doesn't demonstrate or create any kind of space for the grace we need to heal the country. Uh, Remember the verse, it's America, America, exclamation points there. God shed his grace on thee. Uh, We were reminded of this uh, early on in the days of the the pandemic. Uh, We remember uh, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall has reminded the citizens often to, yes, we we can have some social distance, but we need to increase our social grace. I think that's an important principle for us especially as we roll through this January 6th uh, remembrance uh, tomorrow. Because part of what I think really transcends in our politics, our personal relationships, and even our communities, is the grace that allows us to see beyond the insignificant. We have to see beyond the insignificant. Our citizens, most of us spend way too much time hyperventilating about really trivial things. Uh, You might remember uh, Judith Martin, uh, better known, of course, by her pen name, Miss Manners. Uh, She spent her career writing about etiquette and manners and social grace. Uh, She once wrote, allowing an unimportant mistake to pass without a comment is a wonderful social grace. Then Miss Manners uh, very humorously cautioned, children who have the habit of constantly correcting should be stopped before they grow up to drive spouses and everyone else crazy by interrupting stories to say, no, dear, it was Tuesday, not Wednesday. Uh, We can all show a little more restraint and a little more grace in that way. Those patriot dreams that we sing about in America the Beautiful, those that see beyond the years, they, they begin by seeing beyond the insignificant and instead by seeing deeply uh, with an eye of grace. Uh, We've often referenced uh, David Brooks, who has taught us that we all have to get a little better at seeing each other deeply and being deeply seen. Uh, And I'm really convinced that that's that's the beginning of grace, is when we actually begin to see each other deeply. Uh, Because we're all a little broken. There's no perfect people out there. Uh, Everybody's in need of grace. Uh, If you haven't watched it recently, I'd encourage everybody to go back Uh, to a little uh, over a year ago, uh, to uh, Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman's inaugural poem that really provided hope for grace. If you you want something to make you smile and have a little hope for this country, uh, go listen uh, to what she said at the inauguration. Uh, That was all about grace. And, of course, uh, Abraham Lincoln understood this uh, in a very significant way. Uh, And even though he was uh, awkward in size and demeanor and social sophistication, he understood uh, that the nation needed to find grace. Uh, In 1861, he created space and place for that kind of grace, declaring, we are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passions have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. Uh, And those are the kinds of things that we have to get to. Uh, We have to realize that there is grace in so many different ways that we can extend uh, for each other. Uh, It's a chance really to exhale, I think, tomorrow. Uh, I think it should be a moment to pivot, to forgive, to remember what unites us, and why we're united. So rather than condemning our country or our political parties as a nation that is irredeemable, we each should take advantage of a grace period. I think that's an important part of grace. 
a, a grace period, uh, a chance to exhale, uh, a chance to reset, a chance to come together anew and come together in a little different way. And so I hope as you go through the day tomorrow, there's much to process, there's much to think about, there's much to talk about, uh, but there's not anything we need to yell about. There's nothing we need to demonize anybody else about. There's nothing that we need to do to uh, scorn or uh, to put people in a space that they don't belong. It's a space for grace. America is in a need of grace today, and it's up to us, the people of the country, to receive it, to show it, and to share it. America. God shed his grace on thee. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.